we're both doing awesome. I can't think of anything more awesome than that. It's busy, man. Everything's good. Did you have a good uh, Labor Day? I did, man. I had a good Labor Day by doing absolutely no labor. What about you? Same, man. We were like going nice. to go to a pool and chill out, but it was rainy and gloomy. Yeah. So I fucking got stoned to listen to Typo. That's what I did. On Labor Day. <laughs> it was definitely, it felt like Typo weather, didn't it? Um, yeah, it did. There was, it, did. Uh, it, was, it was overcast here. There was some rain. It was left over in the morning. We had some rain this morning as well. Um, but yeah, the overall vibe on the roof was not particularly pool uh friendly so we did go up there for like an hour celeste was up there for a little bit longer but mostly just an indoor chilling out fucking laid back labor day good man good to hear it are you busy with work and shit dude i'm busier than i've ever been in my life right now uh the the yeah yeah i'm fucking slammed day and night uh but i love it like this is I, i can't explain it man like i i've never i've never taught while not being a student so like the my entire teaching career i've been a graduate student like right. and that's over seven years that i've been teaching class and uh there was one year that i wasn't enrolled in classes between my master's and my phd and that was my one year that i wasn't in school but it felt like it because i was waiting the entire time to see if i got into a phd program so like right now i'm like doing this job without my own shit that i'm that i'm taking care of going to classes at night and all that kind of stuff and it's just it's really really awesome dude it's super rewarding i'm having a blast i'm glad you're doing what you love man it comes thank you man i am too dude i really am too like i love what i do i genuinely love what i do and i try really really hard to honor that because i have definitely worked a lot of jobs that i have fucking hated and i know a lot of people have jobs that they absolutely despise and so i'm trying i'm trying real hard to make the absolute most of every second that i have with this and you're doing it because where the fucking death comes lifting podcast bro we're doing we are indeed bro this is is, we're doing what we love and we uh, are indeed speaking of people and things we love who are we talking to today because homeboy is in the waiting room right now speaking of death Speaking of coming and speaking of lifting, right. death metal has arrived and we're about to fucking lift some shit with our boy Chris from a band called Jesus Wept. And Ooh. I am stoked as fuck because I'm I am a big, too. big fan of this band, man. We're going to have a cool conversation tonight. Oh, I hit admit and he, he disappeared. I don't know what happened, but he'll be back. And I, I got a heads up that yeah. um, he is joining us as well as the guitar player Robbie. Yeah. So I noticed we got, we got I got two coming It's in. gonna be it's gonna be a two-headed attack tonight on the Death Comes Lifting podcast with Can't the boys wait. and Jesus Web. Now are you are you familiar with the band already? Yeah, man. I uh yeah I think from their first release on Redefining Darkness, I I've yeah. Out. yeah. So uh, that's uh, an EP. Yeah, they their first redefining darkness EP or their only redefining darkness release so far is is called Psychedelic Degeneracy. It's an EP and it's just yeah. absolutely fucking killer. I got into them with uh, they put out a record called like Crushing Apartheid. It was a demo, and uh, a little while later they re released it with some extra stuff as a compilation. It's called they called it Apartheid Redux, and so okay, that was yeah. where I first got exposed to them. They do a cover of Fuck Like say. a Beast. <laughs> Fuck Like a Beast. I love that. Absolutely rips, man. It's, it's so, so good. It's the best. Yeah, we definitely have to talk about Wasp and that. Oh, cover we are, man. For sure. Dude, so much of that shit. I was talking to Patrick about this earlier, man. So much of that old Wasp shit, like, is so heavy. Like, Dude. it's 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 guitar heavy music, man. And, like, you, 
you know, you can look at some of the imagery and everything and you can see that there's still like the more evil era of Motley Crue uh, sort Definitely. of uh, look wise is very well represented by Wasp in that era. Definitely. Um, but like, it's easy to not think about just how fucking heavy some of those riffs are, man. And, and fuck like a beast is definitely one of their, one of their top tunes. That Wednesday 13 cover was fucking sick too, man. Just going to say that's a really good, that's a contender. Yeah. They're, they're neck and neck. They're a little, they're different obviously in style. But and that's yeah. Awesome. Well, I didn't know that Alexi Lyo was on that. Uh, the singer yeah. and guitar player from children of Bodom who died. Rest I didn't know peace. that until after he died. Yeah. Rest in peace, man. God damn. What a fucking loss. I absolutely incredible musician. And like, Children of Bodom were huge for me when I was first getting into like the more obscure heavy stuff. They had a record yeah. that had just come out called Hate Breeder. Um, and I remember listening to that in high school and listening to the last track Downfall and just being like, this is fucking beautiful music, but it's also really, really heavy. So yeah. Yeah. Peace out. R.I.P. Jesus R. wept. Jesus fucking wept. I've, I assume that's what JFW stands for. The F actually stands for Franklin. Oh, that's true. Jesus. Yeah, Jesus Franklin wept. What would Jesus fucking do? Oh, yeah, they're just uh, they're just now connecting to audio. They're making the, that's the they're making the connecting to audio face, um, which I have been known to do from time to time. That's the connect. That's the uh, the connecting to audio face. It'll work. It'll work. Yeah, yeah we're gonna get here. It's At least we get to see those smiling faces, though. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Every now cool. and then, every super now and then, cool. somebody gets on and just wants to do a, you know a phone conversation, and that's fine. We're grateful to have anybody who wants to lend their time to us. But I do love me a smiling face from a motherfucker. I got to tell you. Yeah, because that's what that's what we do around here, man. We make people smile. We try to, man. I try to bring my own smile to the party, and I try and multiply those motherfuckers. That's why we both wear cutoffs all the time. I learned my mistake, right. learned my lesson right. from last week. So try I to get them. That's Dude. right. Try to get them guns propagating, boy. Get them Same. shits getting bigger. Spreading. October's coming up, man. It's already October is coming up. November six or September six, bro. That's I know. I, I I need. I'm thinking about like especially over the last couple of weeks. I've really started thinking about getting back into to lifting, uh, yeah, specifically because of conversations that we've had. You know, you know where there they are. They're they're making the connecting to audio face. Now there they've got go. the uh, now <laughs> it's the fucking now it's the it's the we're here and we're ready to party face. We are joined today on the Death Comes Lifting podcast by fucking two cats from a band called Jesus Wept. Yes. Jesus F wept. The F stands for Franklin. Dude, do us a favor, <laughs> introduce yourselves, tell us who we're listening to, who we're talking to. Um, I'm Chris. I do vocals. Robbie, I play guitar. What's up, fellas? I'm Schuler. Um, I, I I am with uh, I don't know, fucking I'm with all kinds of shit, man. And then I'm with Zach here, my boy Zach, who runs Death Comes Lifting. Hello, sir. Um, we are super stoked to have you guys on tonight, man. How are y'all doing? Good, man. What's up, bros? Dogs. Thanks for what up, broski. Thanks yeah, for man. chilling on the Tuesday night with the Death Comes Lifting boys. How how yeah, is real. things in Jesus fucking Wep's world? Update us. Good. I don't know. Can't really complain. Um, it's kind of a hectic time for the band just because we have a bunch of shit going on personally like Mm. our drummer had a kid last year oh Um, yeah he's in nursing school full-time um and this is like his first year right so yeah i I literally just got out of anatomy class like i got out of anatomy class and then drove over here like through the oh he's talking about you yes yes yes. just so that i could yeah you got congratulations on the kid that's awesome 
Oh, and oh no, no, it's not us. It's our drummer. Our drummer had the kit. Oh, I was fuck. In school. Okay, yeah. my oh, dude, my bet, dude. Congratulations on nursing school. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Fucking I'm not awesome yet, actually, me. so I don't want to sound like a poser. I'm taking my prerequisites so I can apply to nursing school. Hey, you're not a poser, man. If you're in there and you're doing the shit, then you're fucking. You're in there. You're in there. Got to do um, something. What's the uh, what is the what is what'd you call it? The prereqs or the qualifiers or what'd you say? Yeah, basically, like you, there's a bunch of different programs in our area, and in order to be like eligible to enter the nursing program, you have to do like an X amount of classes before you could go in. So I'm applying next year. So I'm like right now I'm taking like chemistry, algebra, and anatomy, as well as like working full time. So I'm taking classes at night. So Jeez. like balancing that with the band is kind of tough, you know. So that's kind of like. You know, we're still getting stuff done and playing shows, yeah. you know, as much as we can. However, though, obviously, it's like, you know, we are restrained in some extent. Well, I mean, you it, it's good. to. It seems like the things that are restraining you are positive things. Right. So, right. I mean, that's at least something to be to be stoked on. But then also at the same time, like what you guys are doing musically is fucking rules. Um, yeah. tell us, you, you know, man. let's, we want to hear about the history of the band. Um, I'm definitely going to end up talking to you about that fucking shirt, my dude. Yeah, um, but sure. like, <laughs> tell us, tell us how the band got together. Tell us a little bit about you guys history. Uh, give us the, give us the Jesus wept lowdown, man. You want to go daddy? Oh, or do you want to <laughs> yeah, do it? Yeah. I mean, chime in whatever, but, um, um, we had the first couple of demos written around like 2013 and, um, mm -hmm the direction we were going in was a lot different back then i mean obviously like carcass has always been like the chief inspiration but um we were influenced by a little bit more like like grindcore and like hardcore juice and stuff like hatred surge especially um and then we kind of sat on the demos for a few years until we could kind of solidify a lineup and then around 2016 2017 we kind of decided all right we need to stop fucking around like let's you know hit right. the studio and like have like an actual recording done um so we did our first ep and at the time um three of us were all active in another band and um jesus what kind of got pushed to the side while we were doing things with that and mm -hmm. um so we only really did jesus web when we could and then that band kind of fell apart and um we decided to take jesus web a little bit more seriously and by that time we had already released the ep and didn't really push it that hard we did it online exclusively mm -hmm. um there were no physical releases done and then a couple of years um we kind of played some shows here and there you know just to get our feet wet and we sounded like shit <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but um kind of started taking ourselves more seriously as a band and then that was around the time that covid hit which kind of slowed our role a little bit <laughs> yeah a little bit and, um, so yeah so we've had a just rough a tad. as a band yeah. especially in the early years but now i feel like we've kind of found our stride and um things are kind of on a more upward trajectory now than they you know more so than they have been in the past so that's awesome, man. And there's like you guys 100% have an identity established. Like there's so much cool shit going on in the music. I am curious. Um, you know, we don't, I don't, I don't want to have you on the fucking podcast to talk about an old band. Um, but what was, cool. what was, what was, what was sort of the style of the music that you guys were playing in that band? And then like based upon that style, what, what made you decide to go in the directions that you went in with Jesus Wept? Um, our old band, um, it was me, um, our guitarist Nate and our drummer Cody. It was more like, I used to fill in for you guys. Yeah, Rob, and I was, yeah, he, uh, he used to fill in on bass whenever we needed because we never mm -hmm. really had a consistent bassist. 
Um, I don't know. It was just like black metal grind core, like crusty kind of shit. It was like sick. Um, I don't that know. It was a like, winning kinda, combination, brother. Like, I don't know. Like we had this, we kind of took ourselves way too seriously back then. And I felt like as a result of that, like the fun kind of got lost in it. So sure. it was like cursed with a black metal influence kind of, I guess. It, yeah, fucking it like, cursed. At least in the beginning, and then it, it, towards the end, we try to, I guess, lean into the metal influence way harder, which yeah. was met with some resistance by some other members in the band. Um, and it eventually, just kind of burned itself out. Like there was one practice where, like, I had done with a bunch of new songs, and then we went to jam for the first time in person. And Nate and I, our, our, our guitarist, was you know, we kind of looked at each other like, "Dude, I don't know if this is it anymore. I don't think the sparks there." <laughs> um, and then the band kind of fizzled out and um jesus web kind of took um precedence for me at least um mm-hmm. and i guess here we are now but you know i guess that the goal has always been to just kind of like with our old band there's always kind of like a i don't know like an objective or like a goal in mind and like we took ourselves like way too seriously and like i said it kind of sucked the fun out of it for me Sure. And um, with Jesus Wept, it was, it's always been just kind of like, let's do whatever the fuck we want to do. Let's um, make ourselves happy first and foremost. And more, you know, and most importantly, let's have fun while we do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, at the, you know, at the end of the day, like I want to have fun when we play. I don't want to like mm-hmm. contrive anger or like, I mean, even though our songs are angry, but you know, I don't want to like contrive like anger or like hatred or whatever. It's just yeah. like something I'm really into doing at this point in my life. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and well, I mean, what you guys are doing, though, is like it's it's definitely like you like you said, like you don't take yourselves too seriously, but it's not a joke band. And at the same time, like there's not there definitely don't seem to be any constraints on what you guys are allowing yourself to experiment with creatively. Um, so I I came on board with you guys with the uh, the apartheid redux tape. Um, this was, oh, sweet. This nice. was the first. Awesome. Yeah, this was the first thing that I was able to grab. Um, and the, the, the first song I heard from it was a 40 second angry fucking grind song. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, all right, this is tight. I can get on board with this. And then I start listening to the other shit and there's like cock rock parts in here. There's like, <laughs> there's like, there's like thrash parts. Yeah. There's, there's so much really cool influence all under the same umbrella. And it all feels like it goes together. You know what I mean? A lot of times as musicians, we want to reach, we want to try and like, I say we now, which is unfair, but like the musicians try and reach, you want to, you want to wrap your, uh, your, your influences sort of in your arms and then like reprocess them, reprocess them as your, as your own art. But like, uh, sometimes if those things are too far apart, it doesn't end up working together. But like you guys have brought a bunch of different elements into a really fucking tight sound. I think it's really cool how it worked out. And and sounding like and if the if the if the whole fucking mission statement is we're gonna do whatever the fuck we want to like that's punk as fuck man I like that. Oh thank yeah. you thanks man yeah the reason why some of that stuff maybe sounds like a little bit like all over the place is because the song that you're referring to drowning in holy water the forty yeah. minute song like that song was written as a demo I I wrote that in like 2013 right yeah and then by the time that we were releasing the record and like the last song that I think was probably written for that, uh, for apartheid, which was buried face down. That was mm-hmm. written like literally two weeks before we went to the studio. So there's like almost a three year gap between 
those songs like drowning and then like buried face down so like obviously the objective and the influences and just like things have like changed you know since that time so that's yeah. why it's like a little bit all over the place we tried to make it as like coherent as possible but like right. you can definitely hear it's a little bit scattered you know? you're hearing it's like that... a three-year evolution in like the span of 16 minutes right yeah <laughs> and, and like i i want to make sure that i'm that i'm being clear here like i'm i'm saying that it sounds like it's all over the place but it still goes together like it doesn't feel flaky or flighty you know what i mean like there's definitely a whole lot of a whole lot of different disparate uh uh influences that you guys are bringing together and it doesn't sound like it doesn't belong together right it sounds fucking high energy it sounds fun it sounds like these things are put together by feeling uh rather than like some mathematical approach and while there's room for that um, I, I just, I really like the way that you guys are doing it. I like the intensity of it. And I like that there seems to be no place that you're afraid to go. And that to me is really fucking cool. Thank you, man. man. But yeah, um, as far as like the approach to, um, just one last little thing about it is like, well, some of the subject matter is like serious at times. It's sure. all like, there's always like a big like layer of like irony and like tongue in cheek over everything kind of like we really do have fun when we play out and like we have fun Sweet. as a band we all get along great and like you know when we're in the studio or like writing or anything like that like it's always we're always keeping it light so like nothing is ever like too serious and we're never like like chris was saying we're never trying to like contrive like anger we're much more interested in like exploring kind of like other topics yeah. like are you know like i don't know just like like covering know, different, loss, different, like, different approach i, mean, I guess yeah like, we deal with you know, obviously like serious subject matter i mean sure. there are things that are definitely like i try to be like overtly provocative you know with certain songs for sure just because you know i don't know i just i think that's funny it's a grand grand <laughs> um, tradition in this genre man yeah i mean apart from like just typical like blasphemous and sexual bullshit like yeah, yeah, yeah. With, like you know some like political yeah some like serious topics like you know like i mean we you know written songs that are, you know, critiques on like American foreign policy and capitalism and Zionism and things like that. But they're always layered in like a, you know, like humor and, you know, irony. So. Well, and I feel like, you know, when you say Carcass is a major inspiration, obviously that's a a great band to return to when you want sort of, you know, a serious socio-political commentary, which Carcass offers in a lot of fucking places, but it's all sort of dressed up in like gore and tongue-in-cheek schlock and everything. And I just really love that tradition in extreme music. And I think that specifically in death metal, like we have access to those two things sort of intersecting in a way that maybe other genres don't, or that maybe is not quite as, uh, as visible as it is here. But like, I, I love when there's serious shit underneath a layer of like something that is tongue in cheek or funny or offensive for that reason, satirical, whatever, like I, that's my bag, man. I'm down with that. Right. So, yeah. The two things are not damn. mutually, you know, mutually exclusive in any way to us. It's like when we like, you know, look at like the lyrics on like necroticism or something like that, like, yeah. obviously there's a lot of like carcasses, like vegan, like, you know, politics and like, you know, that like yeah. kind of stuff, like, in the lyrics but it's like delivered in like i don't know like in like a funny way right like, yeah. know, like um like you know like people being turned into mulch yeah i think that's part of it like i think that's part yeah. of how you get that message out there though without people feeling like they're being preached to or right. criticized yeah or condescended to like when you when you have like i mean if you open up the fucking new ep it says right here in big bold letters fuck you to the police in the apartheid state of israel 
That is yeah. a political <laughs> message. <laughs> that is a serious right. message, right? But when you yeah. sort of when you when you dress it up in a cover like this, and we're going to talk about this here in a second, like I feel like that's tongue in cheek. I feel like it's serious, but at the same time, I feel like sort of the imagery that you're couching it in, the presentation that you're giving with it, like it, I, I I'm I'm really excited about what you guys are doing. And between, it's interesting to find out that there was so much of a of a passage of time with the stuff that ended up on crushing apartheid or or, or on the apartheid Redux version. Um, so we have we see this entire evolution taking place, like you said, sort of in a span of like 15, 16 minutes. Um, and then we get a little bit of a break. And not too long ago, you guys dropped an EP on redefining darkness records called Psychedelic Degeneracy. Um, what went into the creation of this EP? Like what directions were you guys trying to go in? What was on the table? Um, I definitely think we wanted to be um, a little bit more ambitious and like, I guess, progressive in the arrangements. Um, we kind of wanted to step our game up as, you know, musicians and as right. songwriters. Mm -hmm. um, it was written during a pretty tumultuous time. Um, it was stressful for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it was written at least the first um the first dispossession was the first song that we wrote and that was the that was probably like the height of the lockdown and like um you know like a couple weeks it turned into seven months like kind of in like the blink of an eye and like yeah. it wasn't really it didn't seem like there was any end in sight so you know i think if there had been like a like an end point i think it would have been a lot easier to deal with but you know i'm just like you know we're just kind of like sitting around kind of like like, dude, like, when is this going to end? Like, when are we going to have our, you know, lives back? And, yeah. and there was just like a bunch of stuff kind of like happening within the band at the time. And um, a close friend of ours had uh, taken their life um, within the span of the writing cycle. And then um, my grandfather, that, it's a it, thanks, man. Um, and then my grandfather um, had passed away a couple of weeks after that. Um, after a really short, aggressive battle with cancer. Um, and then, and then my dog passed away, like, a couple months after that so it's like dude uh just you know all these like mounting losses i am so like, a pretty, sorry like, you know yeah just like a, a pretty you know traumatic and like very like um i don't know just a very fucked up time yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah to put it yeah yeah to be candid but um and i just i don't know it felt like we kind of put whatever shit we had pent up um into the songs and i think it was definitely reflected at least i mean may, maybe not in the maybe not in the music but definitely in some of the lyrics the, as far as like the music aspect of it goes like uh i know that for myself like i was experiencing some like major major writer's block you know mm -hmm. which i which i have for like a long time like when i was like super super young i used to be able to just like you know i could write like all day long but now it's become much harder as my expectations have like grown oh, and yeah. i knew that like during certain like when I was writing certain songs, I was just so stuck for like a really, really long time. And um, it made it kind of hard to like get, I don't know, like motivated, I guess. Yeah. To like finish them, like to yeah. get us across the finish line. Like Chris and I would like, you know, like I usually demo like a lot of the, a lot of the stuff at my house and then Chris and I will collaborate on it later. And I know that like there were like some nights like late, like in the winter where we're just kind of like, where we like, we, we just have to finish it. Right. And like, and that was only like four songs. It was very tumultuous to finish. It was not easy. Right. You know, but we're, we're the kind of band that I think writes better under pressure. 
definitely. Um, and we had already booked studio time because we, <laughs> we felt like that would kind of light a fire under our asses. That's so like, pressure. <laughs> I think we were going to the studio in like two weeks and we had like maybe two songs finished and we needed to finish two more. And we were just like, <laughs> it's like in the dead of winter, it's like two in the morning. We're like, dude, we got to get this. We got to get this shit done. <laughs> and there's, I mean, there were a couple of times where we weren't sure if we were going to be able to go in there with all the material finish. And luckily we were able to kind of persevere and, you know, get everything done. But Real, we should have had at least probably under I like more like ideal like circumstances we should have had at least like another song at the very least and then when we went into the studio Which we, well, we ended we up did. using we ended up using well yeah i guess yeah. we did technically but we ended up using like every last second of that studio time to finish the the ep like we felt it necessary like i had to like quadruple the guitar tracks and like do all yeah. this stuff there's just a lot of stuff that we probably do differently to be completely honest with you like next go around um and like it was stressful basically from beginning to end right down to like the artwork and everything yeah. which is like, yeah. like a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah yeah like oh my gosh yeah so we're looking well, forward to like running for the full length and all that stuff i, I mean it, it this sounds like a very complicated birth um of, yeah. of, of yeah, an ep bit. here but like you guys are happy with what you made right i mean at the end of the even like, yeah. when we i mean even when we were in the studio like as stressful as it might have been like yeah i don't think there was a single moment where i felt like this sucks like this sucks yeah like, I was having fun <laughs> that's a plus yeah it's awesome it, 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 it's good day, dude man, we were super proud with what we came up with so yeah well yeah, and there's I, yeah. I really love like the I love the intro on the first part on the first song. Um, I love some of the the vocal flourishes that you guys have in there. Who, who, whoever came in and uh, and 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 put some extra Nate. stuff like it's the whole. <laughs> what's that? That's Nate, the the other guitarist in the band. He does he did some of the backup vocals. Who's like doing the lows and all the crazy stuff, you know? <laughs> Isn't there like a there's a female voice on here though too, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, a, yeah. that's a friend of ours from yeah. Chicago where we recorded. She lives in Chicago and she came Sick. and did, that, did a great yeah. job. It'll and like that to me, that might seem like a weird thing to seize on in a genre where we always are like fucking riffs, but like obviously yeah. the riffs are there. <laughs> the, the riffs are fucking killer, but like the 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 atmosphere around the record. One of the things that I like most about it, and it sounds to me like there is an interesting story here, um, is the artwork. I feel like this is a really interesting sort of departure from a lot of the kind of collage work that we see in extreme metal, I feel like you guys sort of went in a more pharmaceutical direction, a more uh, perhaps a psychedelic uh, degenerate direction. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, it just, it turned out to be like a really interesting presentation. And to me, that is a really, really provocative cover. Um, so mm -hmm. sort of where did that come from? Who, who did it? What was the inspiration, et cetera? Um, I mean, when we were, first starting to put together the record don't put me on the mic for this <laughs> we were first starting to put together the ep um we knew that we wanted to have um like a collage as the cover um and we had a particular artist in mind mm. um and our experience with that artist was very horrible um, yeah um i'm not going to name any names but okay um they kind of strung us along for six months yeah longer than that oh, really bummer but, man um they delayed the release of the EP for like six months because we were waiting on artwork from them and they were just not responding to our right. but we really correspondence. We, we really wanted this person to do the art. So we were willing to give them the benefit of the doubt and kind of, you know, keep pushing the deadline, you know, further and further back. And then eventually we we're just like, dude, it, it's like we recorded this almost a year ago. Like we can't mm -hmm. 
like we can't do this anymore so we were kind of in a bind and we just started like kind of scouring the internet trying to find um collage artists that we could you know commission to have do the artwork and um we were just looking through i think we literally looked up hashtag collage on instagram (laughs) (laughs) embarrassing <laughs> the internet comes <laughs> through like, fuck that worst. man you got this is the greatest informational resource in the history of the world at your fingertips Dude. use that motherfucker and like one of the first um i guess artists we came across was um this guy named ben Danino. he's based out of minneapolis awesome and he's an um super awesome analog collage artist and he has never as far as i know never was commissioned really. ne- yeah has never been commissioned to do anything for a band Oh, um, no. he he primarily does like just like uh, his pieces, own work. like like his own work yeah, and like pieces for like art installations and stuff. And I think he's done. He's part of like an analog art collective um, from Sick. Minnesota, and he's been in like um, some of his art has been featured in like some college textbooks and stuff. I'm not exactly sure in like what context, but like he's never really worked in this like medium before. He was super yeah. hesitant. And- super hesitant to like work on it but his art is really but his work is really good and by his own admission he's like not even well versed in metal or like rock or anything like that i mean that's what he said he's like dude like the heaviest thing i listen to is like like the talking heads <laughs> he's like he's like he's a good taste of music no no he, he doesn't, he doesn't have a good no he does have a good taste in music he doesn't he just doesn't listen to metal he's like i don't know if i'm gonna be really able to like achieve what you guys want me to do and we're like no nah, dude like we have full confidence in you. Like we really like what you're doing. Just like, just go nuts. Like do whatever, you know, comes to you. And And do it quick. Had a finished product to us within a week. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. He was awesome to work with. He was so cool and professional. Just like, just, yeah, he was awesome. His name is Ben Danino. You man, Ben Danino should be doing more fucking metal records, dude. Because this dude, is, he I should, mean, like, he should. He, more people he should absolutely, go yeah, he absolutely nailed the vibe. And then also, like one of the things that I think is exciting about that is when you bring somebody who maybe isn't particularly that into the genre, or maybe knows like some cursory, you know, like who knows who Metallica is or something like that. You know what I mean? Right. And yeah. you give them, you know, did you did you did you play the music for him and show him the lyrics yeah. and everything? Yeah, first? we sent him the we sent him some of the songs where like How do whatever you, this do inspires. Like we sent him the songs and some influences, you know, just kind of a so that he had like somewhat of a direction. However, yeah. though, I was super excited about the fact that he doesn't like work within like the metal space just because yes. like he won't be like um, tempted, I guess, to like do any sort of like trope or something that's been done by like a million other bands. I guess you know, not that there's anything wrong with like you know like you know metal artwork is in yeah. general but like it was just interesting to like have another perspective in there you know yeah yeah and it's it's good to stand out you know and i i with, with cover art and i really do think that this one is it's very unique it's very individual um did you i i mean like i i still <laughs> i don't know if there's more to the story but i still want to know like is this all <laughs> how much of this was him and how much of this was requested from you guys was any of it requested did you say there needs to be like this many needles or something like I mean, that. I don't know. I'd say it's like 80%. It was 80% him. We gave him like a vague kind of outline as to what we wanted. We were like, okay, we want to incorporate like some like religious imagery and some like, you know, drug paraphernalia, but yeah, um, yeah. like anatomical kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Know? And like, here are some like, you know, here are some themes that are explored on the record and like kind of just, you know, take, um, take that for what you will and just kind of, you know, run, you know, run with that. And um, he's just um, his approach to, collage art is like kind of abstract and very like left of center which gave mm-hmm. it like this really kind of cool like like the one like little like face in the corner that 
don't know. I don't know. It reminds me of something that like like King Crimson would have like done or like thrown on one of their like records. So like not at all what we would have expected, but something that was definitely yeah. encouraged. Um it's like the they look like dead faces, but they look like they died ODing and they're ecstatic. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, like it looks right. like they're super stoked to be dead. Like I, I it was yeah. just a really I, I don't know. Just I don't want to sit here and talk about you guys fucking cover the That's entire be a time. Song the LP, stoked to be dead. Stoked, stoked to be dead. Be dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, let's let's go there then, man. Like yeah. so the EP's been out for a little while. Um all I've seen so far is positive feedback for it. Hopefully that's been making its way to you guys as well. Um, what is the current status of Jesus Wept? Like, what are you guys focused on? Are you going to play any shows? I know you're working on a new record. Sort of what's going on with the band? Um, we're slowly but surely putting together an LP. Um, we got some songs in the vault. We got about like two and a half songs done. Um, we've got a show kind of confirmed um, for the fall. That should be really cool. Um, Sick. We haven't, anou- was, you know, we haven't announced that yet, but um fuck what anything else we're basically just writing however i think that like um when it when the material like comes out i think that Mm -hmm. people will probably be a little bit surprised it's a a direction that's maybe a slightly you know different than what we you know have you know released previously and almost like especially different from the last release i think you know sick like yeah the direction is quite different so far at least you know we'll see like you know what it ends up being but um yeah definitely taking on some new influences and uh Mm -hmm. you know just trying to you know grind it out basically like right now it's slow but hopefully like you know we start making some forward progress maybe we need to book studio time so that we can actually finish you know writing (laughs) for it (laughs) threaten yourselves use future versions of yourselves to threaten past versions of yourselves um Knowing how busy you guys are, um, I am assuming that a lot of the material sort of gets written. Like, oh, actually, I think you said this earlier. The material gets written individually, and then the two of you guys get together, and then you go over it with the rest of the band. Um, yeah. So really, I guess, Robbie, the question is for you. Like, what's your where, – where are you coming up with riffs, man? Like, what are you are, – are you just hanging out, like, by yourself? Do you have a process? Like, if you're yeah. this busy, if you're this slammed, what is the what is the writing process like for you sort of on your own? If um... – Typically, like, if there's a day, like, usually when it, when my songs are, like, you know, when I, like, will write an idea, um, it'll typically kind of happen all in one day. And usually what it is, is, like, I'll have, like, a day where I'm not, you know, spending, because I'm, I'm with my family a lot, too, you know, and um, I've got a big family yeah. and obviously a demanding school schedule. So if I do, like, I'll find a day, for instance, that I'm just, like, not busy and I'm just, like, home, you know, which is pretty rare. And then I'll typically try to, like, say, like, okay like I have to like write and then my setup right now is like not ideal. I'm having to like record like with headphones on because I don't have like monitors. I'm like writing on a laptop. It's like not usually what I'm used to. I usually have like a bigger workstation that I'm recording in and um, I'll just sit with my guitar and I'll go through songs, you know, that are like inspiring me at the moment and kind of just like, you know, browse through that and then just start noodling around then like you know maybe like take like a drum loop or two or something like that or usually mm-hmm. it'll start kind of with a feel i guess you know like a tempo that i kind of i know that i want it to be like the song to be in or i want the song to be fast or i want it to be like a really mm-hmm. short song and then i kind of just take that and then just construct it from there and then basically just like build it off of that and then once that's done like chris and i will like you know meet and then we'll discuss it and then talk about what can be changed and you know mm-hmm. and 
you know, sometimes it's vice versa, but yeah, that's typically how it goes. It's usually kind of like, it's not like a super glamorous process. It's really just, <laughs> well, you know, you know, like I know that some bands it's different, you know, like some bands, like they get together, you know, as a yeah. whole unit and they'll like write together, you know, but that's just never really been, it's been, that's always tough for me, I guess, you know, to kind of like come up with ideas like on the spot like that when yeah. people are watching, like I always found that awkward, I guess, you know, Oh, and that's part of the reason we like to have these conversations on the show, just because there's so many different approaches that musicians take um, to right. writing. And sometimes it's a very individual, solitary process. And and you're right. Sometimes there are groups of folks who just get together and bang out ideas in a room together. I am I am I'm more like you like that to me right. uh, is is kind of a weird experience. Um, and like the the stuff that I do ends up coming later anyway. And that leads to right. kind of what I wanted to ask you, Chris, like what uh how do you approach lyrics, man? Is this something, do you have ideas ahead of time? Do you wait um, until you've heard music before you put anything to it? Like what's, uh, do you have a standard process? No, not really. Um, the music or the lyrics are always written after the music is finished. Um, mm -hmm. Like what happens is like, you know, we'll demo out, you know, whatever material we have like prepared for uh, whatever release we have on the books. And then I'll listen to it and I'll kind of like put a vocal melody to the music and then mm -hmm. i'll write words that fit syllabically um i don't know like some bands can make this work but um i don't really like when bands will have like these really kind of like long-winded like psalm-like passages and they just try to like jam it all into like a two and a half minute song it just like i don't know like stuff like that doesn't stick to my bones like i want to like when we write music i want whatever we write whether it be like the riffs or like the vocal hooks or whatever i want it to like you know stay in people's minds like i want yeah. some sort of pop sensibility to yeah. it. yeah and Some like way. songs that i guess have that approach that i just described like have never done it for me like i don't mm -hmm. like i mean not to go back to this but like i was in a band that did approach writing lyrics like that and like i mean i wrote the music and i can't even tell you how the vocals went like i, I couldn't like <laughs> hum like a melody from my own band's material because Jeez. of that and like that doesn't sit right with me sure <laughs> so i, I mean guess, but like know, that says a lot the band, i wanted to have like the polar opposite approach to that um, yeah yeah so the lyrics are always written after the music and we just try to you know and I don't want to make it sound like the lyrics are like an afterthought because they're not like every line is like scrutinized and labored over intensely before we can, you know, before we like, you know, set, you know, we, before we settle on something. Um, Cause like we said, we want it to like stick in people's minds. We want people to like remember our songs. We're just trying to like yeah. kind of um, whatever. We just want to deliver like something with like, yes, you know, we want something that's catchy. But, you motherfuckers um, got hooks, man. More hooks than a fucking bait shop on a CG right here. Like that's one of the things that I think that, and that's one of the things that I like about extreme music when it's when it does have pop sensibility, right? Like I love impenetrable fucking walls of noise just as much as the next guy who's been listening to this shit forever. But like I really do love when something comes across my desk that I can really sink my teeth into, and that I end up fucking humming later, you know, without right, having yeah. to sit there and commit that shit to memory. And that was one of the things that jumped out at me about Apartheid Redux is is just how catchy a lot of those songs were um yeah that's definitely the main focus when um when we're like writing is that is like memorability is probably like at the forefront of everything yeah. and pop sensibility so that like it stands out i guess you know that's kind of like yeah. our main our main focus 
Well, speaking of, we, we spoke about influences earlier, and typically we have a pretty broad discussion about influences on the show, but I've got some very specific stuff that I'm curious about with you guys. Um, I did not do my due diligence. I can't go back to the exact tweet, so I'm going to have to paraphrase. But if I'm not mistaken... Uh, Dude, if I've had a few, like... I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, I, I so hope you are all whatever, whatever gets couple, the... We're a couple red stripes deep right yeah, now, so we're being even more candid than we normally are right now. So that's what's up. up then, you know, we that's can't what, be held responsible. That's what we want to hear. One of the... Uh, yeah. There was a tweet that said, Jesus wept, repping your favorite band's most hated album or something to that effect. And I see that you are wearing what appears to be a fear, emptiness, despair, napalm death shirt. Am I wrong or is that correct? No, no, you got it. Yeah. So fear, emptiness, despair is my favorite napalm death record. I've definitely heard people say that it is it's one of their weakest records, which I think is just a slab of steaming bullshit. It's incredible. (laughs) Um, But tell us a little bit about like, let's go through some of the fucking lesser loved classics by classic bands, because this is the kind of conversation that I absolutely love to have. Let's talk about Cold Lake. I was going to say, let's talk about Cold Lake. Let's talk about Cold Lake, motherfucker. Why don't you hold on just one second? (laughs) You never know what he's going to pull up, for better or for worse. It's going to be based. That's what I already (laughs) know. For sure. Where's he at? Yeah. Looks like he has a final. I'll see you fellas in the cherry orchards. Oh shit! Uh, we got uh, we got so fucking sick. Our buddy Jim has on an original LP pressing of that, and I have no idea. Like, we have <laughs> we have fuck he have where he got that. For, like, this is a this know. is a first press. This is an original Jeez, pressing no of Cold Lake. Yes, and I, the only reason that I have it is because I because of college radio, baby. That's amazing. Um, they had it in the library and every now and then the, you know, because it's a student org, they'll do like fundraisers and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah. holy shit, can I buy this? And I got That's this. Like awesome. no one there, like, I'm guessing they didn't know. No, shit. Man. Oh, like, dude, yeah. none of them had even touched the fucking record section in years. There was a fucking yeah. a, a layer of dust That's and inch thick on top of this. I found this. I found fucking carnivores retaliate. I found. Um, so just gold, basically. No yeah, solid gold. I. I got a I got a fucking combat records first press of Scream Bloody Gore like it is <laughs> yeah insane. dude I mean like and the jack the jackets are all fucked up because they're you know because it right. was overseen by college students for what thirty years now but yeah dude it's a killer yeah. record what how, how do you guys what's your connection with Cold Lake man I don't know my like, <laughs> my dad had a copy of Cold Lake my dad's like a huge Sick. metal guy. Yeah, my dad is like really into metal and he's the one obviously who got me into like playing guitar and metal and stuff like that. And he is obviously a big glam metal guy. And he found the CD of Cold Lake back like when it first came out, like at this local record shop that he used to go to called Rock of Ages, which is like kind of in our area. And Mm -hmm. so he had the CD for a long time and he got it just because he thought it looked sick. (laughs) And like, uh, (laughs) and like I used to just listen to it even before I was like on the up and up as far as like, you know, like, um, like their black metal material and like, you know, like their, the, the music that they did, you know, before and after, like I knew that record and like, we have this running theory that like, if that record had just been like released by any like normal, like obscure, like glam metal band, people would think it was, it was like a classic or sick, yes. but because it's from, you know, right. you know, like, like a, you know, renowned band with right. a genre, yeah. like, 
I mean, like, so it's like, it's like shit on, but like the music is actually sick. Right. Like it's really it is. good. That's, that's yeah. the thing. Like, like it's, it, it is a glam metal record and it's probably the toughest fucking glam metal, glam, glam metal up. record yeah. ever written. Like, I love this fucking record, man. I, I so I, that's how I feel about Cryptopsy's uh, Unspoken King. Everybody's like, oh, it's a deathcore record and it fucking sucks. If literally any other band had released that shit, people would have been like, this is right, brilliant. yeah. This is like right. Tool doing a death metal record. Like it's in it's incredible. Um yeah. so fucking like hearing that specifically when you talk about Cold Lake and when you say if if like another band had done this, literally any other band, its legacy would have been entirely different. But like it's I, and like he showed me Celtic Frost in like seventh grade, probably. And I just like, you know, I went on whatever blog spot i could find and i downloaded their whole discography <laughs> and um i'm like just you know going through it i just kind of like listened to the whole thing in one sitting one night and i like didn't know i was supposed to hate that record exactly <laughs> like, was, like, this is cool like what the fuck like <laughs> yeah yeah i like, mean and then i got a little bit older and i was like ridiculed for liking i was like dude like what i literally <laughs> couldn't care less i will probably like you know like rap cold lake like it is it's so good i mean we even have like an homage to it on the ep i like, straight up jocked a riff from that record yeah like the <laughs> the, uh, the the check this out part and god fetish it's like that's straight up yeah, borrowed, yeah like from like cold seduce lake. me tonight i like that, yeah <laughs> it's just it's Dude, that's just fucking that awesome that is that that we is wear sick. our influences on our god so, fetish to be completely is, real with you like god we will fully admit like when we like you know rip something God Fetish is literally half Cross My Heart by Carcass and Little Velvet by Cold Lake, uh, by Off Cold Lake. <laughs> and I mean, but that's, but see, that's not what I hear when I listen to it. And that's I mean, one of that's the things that's rad that's about influences, like, you know, like you guys, yeah. you guys can look because of your own process and because of your own band, you can look at it and be like, oh, that's the Van Halen part. Oh, that's the right. fucking Black Sabbath part. But yeah. like on the outside, we don't see that shit. So like getting to hear you guys say that kind of stuff is so fucking, I love conversations like this. Which, Cold Lake. which is probably more common than people realize. I think that like a lot of stuff that you hear is like a direct like writ probably from something that the musician like was inspired by. However, <laughs> though, by the time it's like filtered through like their yeah. ears and their hands and then their production and then like all the processes that go through it, it's unrecognizable. Like for instance, like uh like dispossession is like our symposium of sickness, right? Like yeah. Solid. It, it, you know, it's like our version of like my interpretation of it, you know, mm -hmm. which it doesn't end up sounding exactly right. like it, but it's like, you know, it's how like a lot of riffs are written in the band, like the stuff that yeah. Robbie's written, the stuff that I've written. It's like I hear something that I think is really cool, and I try to like, mm -hmm. I guess recreate my. I tr I try to recreate that. Well, the vibe, my, I guess. yeah. Well, yeah. putting my own spin on it. Well, not. It's like yeah, I'm not totally ripping it off, but at the same time, it's like kind of in the same vein. And yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I just had a two-hour so, conversation about this with somebody else, so I, I we're very much in the same wavelength right now. Like I love. I'm glad people are coming yeah. to the forefront about it. You know, just <laughs> yeah. wear your influences on your sleeve. There's no shame and, in it. Well, the thing is, everybody, it's influences all the way down, right? Like right. the best mm -hmm. that we can hope to do is, is, is combine previously existing things in like an interesting and unique way. Like, I don't right. think, you know what I mean? And so that to me totally. is, is a really, is a really cool thing to see. So we got, we got, we got Cold Lake. That's one of them. Give us another one. I, I, I gotta, we gotta talk about fear and penis despair, man. I mean, God, I mean, shit. Would you say like Swan Song? I guess like oh, dude, Swan Song for sure. Yeah, Diatribes by Nick yeah, Lamb, definitely. Swan Song, Diatribes. Swan Song has got so much fucking swagger to it, man. Like I, I don't. Love... Yeah, I mean, it's like we an another kind of like running 
gag within the band, but like it's Carcass playing Megadeth song. It's like how can you not? <laughs> how can you not? That's what like I, it? It's like, this is it's, it's, like, it's, it's like, like if ACDC is... made a death metal record. Like that's it's the like way that Carcass... I described it. Right. It's like Carcass does like Risk or Chris, Cryptic Writings or yeah. something. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is it fucking? Like but it rules though. That. Yeah. And and I feel like that once again, like if that had been released by a different band into a different sort of, you know, in a different context and a different genre with promotion there, like it sounds more you could put that on Earache's roster today with the fucking with like the garage bands or whatever that they that they, it's their bread and butter these days. Like I, right. Swan Song is a kick ass record, man. It just had this really, really uh, intimidating legacy to try and stand up to. Sure. Right, which I like. You're following up. I kind of understand, right. and also yeah. that was like at the time, like what what label was it? Was a Capital that had bought up Eric's catalog? Uh, like, like, I don't remember. Don't so yeah. Don't call me on that. But like some like major label had like bought up Eric's catalog. Columbia, Columbia, kind of like Columbia, Columbia. Oh, Columbia. Yeah, it was kind of influencing the directions that a lot of their like more like heavy hitters were taking around like mm-hmm. the you know like mid '90s, and so like I kind of get why more like diehard metal like fans were kind of like it. yeah like don't dig it and were put off by it but like i don't yeah. know man. like it seems that like it has it has ended up becoming sort of a, a cult classic and and mm-hmm. sort of been ended yeah. up being revered in a way that it probably wouldn't have been if if it hadn't been sort of like that that mythical last record you know what i mean right. i think if, if carcass had just met cr- a lukewarm swan song appreciator it's like you either <laughs> love it or you hate it <laughs> exactly exactly man and that's one of the things that's cool about it dude like death metal is polarizing musically a lot of times lyrically it's also polarizing and you could you could go a step further and say that like that's part of the foundation of of the music you know what i mean and so one of the things that's really interesting to me in death metal is when people who thrive who love polarizing art end up fucking polarized themselves right um, yeah. And so, like conversations about swan song, swan song, like you say, you're never going to meet somebody who's just like, yeah, I've heard it, and it's, it's okay. Like it's either somebody like me who's like foaming at the mouth, fan of it, or like somebody who is just disgusted. <laughs> like, right. I right. What a, can we get one more? You guys got another one? I know we're running out of time, but like I said, I, I love this we, conversation. We think of something that's like a little out of left field. I don't know. I guess for me, we don't have to like go on like long about it. But I'm also like a like. I kind of have. I'm an unashamed middle era Black Sabbath fan. Like all eras, like Tony Martin, like uh, like Ian Gillen, Dio. Like I love all eras. Brother, if you don't, you're a fucking poser in my mind. You know. So like, you know, like I love like Tear and shit and like Headless Cross. What do you got? We love, dude. That entire rack right there is Black Sabbath, and you guys. This has been the most fucking organic turn towards the close of the show that we have ever had. (laughs) Thank you for that, because as we near the as we near the end of the show, the the OG, yeah, yeah, yeah. As one to kind of piggyback off of him, Technical Ecstasy is like a top three Sabbath record for me, and I know like some people will crucify me for that. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We have at the the very end of this episode, right? At the very end of each episode, we have a very, very serious question that we ask all of our guests. And before you go into this, I feel like Zach should probably ask that question first. Zach, can you hit these gentlemen with the hammer? Guys, we got to know, what's your favorite Black Sabbath album? 
Damn, that is so fucking tough, man. It's <laughs> no, but hey, like, if you the- want, but- if you want to spread some love on the middle era stuff, maybe we can make an exception this time, and it doesn't have to be your favorite Black Sabbath record. But you can say what Black Sabbath record you think is slept on that you want people who are listening to check out. What is the okay. most slept on Black Sabbath record? That is a good. That's a good question. Okay, most my favorite personally, like as far as like what I'll revisit, I guess is probably either i guess like sabbath bloody sabbath or sabotage it depends on the day i'm sorry mm-hmm. I, i'm gonna be wishy-washy i can't choose That's and okay. then as far as most slept on tear dude come on tear is fucking dude, awesome heaven in black is one of the fucking heaviest closers that black sabbath dude, showed. That, nails. that the fucking the drums that cozy dude, drum action tear the is fucking the fucking lawmaker the lawmaker dude it's like a straight up, <laughs> it's, it's like a it's like Sabbath, like doing Maiden. It's weird. It's like, it's so fucking sick, man. That yeah. whole fucking, that whole Odin's Court suite. It's like three songs uh, together. Valhalla, dude. Val- Winds of Valhalla. <laughs> we love that shit, dude. One That's of our, awesome. one, of, one of the guests that we've been trying to get since the beginning of this fucking show is Tony Martin. And we have such a, you, dude, you, not dude, believe. you guys get Tony Martin, call me into the fucking show. You would not he believe will. how hard it is to get a hold of that motherfucker. You would think that Tony Martin, <laughs> knows what he's, he's like, doing, he's defended like, by people. What can he be up to nowadays? Playing like <laughs> Eastern European metal festivals where he's making fucking bank. Like I saw. Good for him. I know. Good for right. him. But there's there's like a video of him and a guy I don't recognize who apparently is a big guitar player overseas. And then like Martin, the drummer from Cradle of Filth, who I believe is from like, I, I, I can't remember where he's from and I don't want to say the wrong country. Um, but it's at this <laughs> festival and it's like a handful of dudes jamming headless cross and Tony Martin comes out and sings with them. So that good. sounds That's fucking awesome. <laughs> fucking I would nailed die, it. Bro. I would die. <laughs> All right. So we got we, we've got uh, sabotage and uh, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath, two excellent choices. Um, and then repping tier, hard yeah. respect. Greg Burgess uh, from Allegion, one of the most amazing guitar players I've ever heard play in my life. That is the album that he talked about when he came on the show. So you were in fucking, you were, yes, you were in killer company. Uh, okay, Chris, perfect. what you got for us, man? <sighs> That's the sigh. We hear it so often. Dude, it, it changes. Like, I, like it's, yeah, like he said, I hate to sound wishy-washy, but like, it's, a, it goes back and forth between Master Reality and Volume 4, probably. Sick. Solid, um, Good place and, to yeah, be. Big ups to Tentacle Ecstasy. Yeah, dude. Technical, dude, Dirty Women is heavy as dude, fuck. Dude, Dirty Women, Backstreet Kids, yeah. fucking Rock and Roll Doctor. like Rock oh, and Roll Doctor? Fucking that's, that's my... this shit right here, brother. <laughs> like, dude, um, go ahead, sorry. Dude, I'll t- honorable, honorable mention to Born Again, though, because it's so unhinged and fucking crazy. Like, it's just so heavy. So sick. Chris yeah. Barnes, the the Chris Barnes says that it is uh it is their heaviest record, and like I'm inclined to agree with him. Like the yeah. riffs on fucking Born Again are unbelievably heavy, but also catchy at the same time. There is yeah. no reason that that record should have worked, and I think yeah. that people, I think that when it came out, people were so determined that it wasn't going to work that they didn't let it. But if you right. go back and you listen to that record now, like those howling fucking vocals over those riffs, like the good right. time partying riffs that are on there and zero, the hero is fucking ridiculous. Man. Well, you know, yeah. Like to speak on that actually for one, for one second too, is that please it's underrated how Tony Iommi basically like morphs his writing and guitar playing to the vocalist that he has. Like, you know, yes. the thing with Ozzy is one thing, but then when you listen to like Dio, there's like some rainbow influence in there. Mm-hmm. And then when you listen to like, when he hooked up with Ian Gillen, like 
Thrash off of Born Again is straight up Highway Star, right? Yeah. Like, it's the same tempo, like the same feel. Like he's basically doing like a Deep Purple type of vibe, you know, on like Born Again. And then with Tony Martin, now it's like straight up like epic, like rock, you know, like he's so yeah. like underrated how versatile you know he's so a good. he's a fucking chameleon man guy yeah. gave us an entire genre of heavy music and he was like well how about i give you another one you know what i mean like that's just right that's, uh, dude that's so rad man yeah uh fellas this has been a fucking killer hour man thank you guys so much for taking the time to talk to us mm-hmm. um especially you know robbie i understand that you just got out of class and fucking dashed over here dude thank you so much for giving an hour of your night we really appreciate yeah. it i know you guys are I was super looking forward busy. to it well, yeah, thank you, man. We, yeah, we, yeah, were, man. we were looking forward to having you guys. Uh, obviously, we are big Jesus Wept fans. Uh, cannot yeah. wait to see what comes next from y'all. And uh, again, thank you guys so much for coming on the show, man. For yeah, sure, man. Totally. Anytime. Thanks for having us on, man. Yeah. Will we, do. And we, we will. Tony Martin, we're going to call you back. I was just about to say. Get us both on here. I have so many questions. Yeah, as soon yeah. as as soon as we get a hold of, of Tony the cat, we're gonna come and get you guys and make sure <laughs> you're right, back dude. on the fucking show. Thank you guys so much, man. Have a good night. Yeah, yeah you too, buddy. Thank you. What good dudes? Solid dudes, man. Thank you. What Thank good you dudes? Jesus, Jesus wept. Dude, like, yeah. especially the fucking the Sabbath conversation. Like, I knew that we were gonna get into some fun stuff with them just because the influence are so varied on on the on the music that they've put out so far. Um, but like that Sabbath conversation, I feel like we should have the two dudes back on just to have an hour-long conversation about slept on Sabbath. Yeah, we should do that as a Sabbath Sunday, the slept on Sabbath Sunday, the slept yes. and sleep in Sabbath Sunday. We're doing that for sure. Dude, absolutely. Yeah. What a <laughs> yeah. fuck good talk man i love you brother it's good to see you i love you it's awesome man it's fun just like jesus webb's music it's my favorite just like jesus webb's music go check out psychedelic degeneracy uh keep an eye on jesus webb because we know that they've got some cool stuff coming and bang your head and take care of yourself man you too brother i love you so much i appreciate you so much love you man peace out fist bump have a good night talk to you soon